And a very big welcome to you. It's really exciting that we can continue this series on the conscience. And believe it or not, we're already in session four of the conscience. And today we're going to be taking a look at how we can have the conscience, the mind of Christ. Very big welcome to you. If you're joining us for the very first time, thank you to those folk here in the room today. It's awesome to be able to be together from wherever we are in the world. Let's pray together and then we'll jump straight in into this week's message. Father, we just thank you that we can come together from all over the world. We can worship you. We can give you praise. We can lift up your name and we can be receiving from you the wonderful thing called your word into our hearts. And so we pray right now that your words touch us, motivate us, and change us. Father, thank you for shaping us into better beings, better worshipers, better characters that can testify to your glory and honor your name. We pray this now in Jesus' precious name. All of God's people all around the world said, Amen and Amen. Well, if you haven't already done so and you've happened to miss the rest of the Conscience series, why don't you go ahead and click on the link that the, that the guys are providing in the chat room right now and you'll be able to catch up on weeks one through three of this Conscience series that we do here at our midweek service. I know it's pretty crazy to do church and feel like we're doing church online, but hey, if we can do church online, we know we can do church from wherever we are in the world because that means that we can come together, all tongues, tribes, nations, creeds, cultures, and we receive from the Word of God. So if you are here from the very first, for the very first time, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward for you to become part of the online family. Well, as you know, we've been journeying through this series entitled Conscience. And what does it mean to have a conscience? What does it mean to listen to that small, still voice on the inside of us? What does it mean when we have a look and say, well, hang on, something is speaking to me. It's, it's not schizophrenic. It's no, we all have those conversations on the inside of us. And we all seem to want to try and become better. We all want to do better. We all want to learn more. And that voice on the inside of us is really what helps us and guides us. Us. And over the last few weeks, we've taken a look and thought to ourselves and seen from what we've discussed that, hey, you know what, this, this voice, this conscience on the inside of us can change. It can grow quiet. It can be shaped by our friends. You see, Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 tells us about this voice that I'll be able to hear behind me saying, go this way or go that way, depending on whether you go left or you go right. Scripture defines this conscience, defines this voice in, on the inside of us as God's moral law imprinted on the inside of us. It's actually been put on the inside of us. And when Genesis talks, talks about God making us in His image, we can almost imagine God stamping this moral code into our hearts, into our lives, and, and saying, this is how you should live. And whether or not you believe in Jesus Christ, in fact, whether or not you even believe in God or not, is irrespective, that moral code has been stamped on the inside of you. The voice of this moral code, the voice of God's image on the inside of you, the voice of God's goodness on the inside of you, the voice of God's love on the inside of you, the voice of God's peace on the inside of you, that is your conscience. And when you step away from what God has made you to be in this wonderful, peaceful, God-loving environment of, of being made in His image, our conscience conscience screams out and says, that's not your optimum. That's not your destiny. 
When we act on, on, on behalf of our own self and we lean towards our own selfishness and we start having friends that detract us from where we should be going according to God's purpose, well, then our conscience will scream out at us. It's the science of conviction. The conscience wants to, wants to make it a science of making your life better because it's made in God's image. But you know what? God is such a gentleman, he will never force himself on you. So even though he's given you the moral code and he's given that moral code on the inside of you, a voice called the conscience, he's still going to allow you to make a choice whether or not you listen to that conscience or whether or not you allow circumstances and friends and the habits in your life, make that conscience grow strangely quiet in your life. And let me tell you something, there's something eerily peaceful, eerily silent, that's not comfortable when it comes to when your conscience isn't speaking. Because that means that you've veered so far off from that moral code that's been printed on the inside of you that you can't even hear what your conscience has to say about what is wrong and what is right. And that is a scary place to be. If this conscience is such an important part of our destiny and our character, well then surely we should give it some attention. Luke chapter 11 and verse 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God, and keep it. You see that scripture is saying that, hang on, we can get into a habit of listening to God's word. And we discussed this last week as we had a look at how do we shape our habits. And remember, I promised you last week that we would continue this week having a look at how we can change our habits, how we can change our habits. Instead of listening to our friends and getting into the habit of trying to be the, the center of the party or being the guy that can down beer faster than anybody else or the, the girl that, that can have more boyfriends in a year than anybody else. Or, or that person that, you know, are shame. They're always depressed or whatever your habits are. Maybe your habits aren't as overt as alcohol or, or, or sexual immorality or, or maybe those aren't your habits. Maybe your habits are as, as intrinsic or inwardly focused as gossip, slander, jealousy, envy. Maybe those are your habits, habits. And these habits need to be broken just as strongly as the ones that people can see. You see, we need to understand that our conscience can guide us towards good habits if we make it a habit to listen to God's Word. If we make it a habit of training our conscience in God's Word, well, then we will always have the Word of God speaking into our lives, every situation, every circumstance, every issue. We can have God's Word speaking loudly, that moral code that's been on the imprinted on the inside of us. If we train that voice to speak God's Word, you are always going to have the promise of God's Word being spoken into every situation of your life. We need to get to a place where we are habitually obedient to God's Word, where it becomes our habit just to listen to God's Word. It becomes our natural flow just to listen to God's Word. We don't have to think about what God is asking us because we know what He's already asking us. We've trained our conscience to speak in God's language into our lives, and that moral code can scream out, shout out, and just praise God's Word in our lives, and we we can see how our lives will change as we begin to understand and listen to God's Word. 
Philippians 2 and verse 5 says this. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's in the New International Version. In the New Living Translation, it says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. In the New King James Version, it says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, even Jesus had this attitude. Even Jesus had this moral code that he lived his life by. And this scripture is saying, well, if you want to kind of step into your destiny, if you want to have a purpose, if you want to be able to achieve something in your life, well, then be sure to have that same moral guide, that same attitude, that same approach that Jesus did. Now, when you have a look at it, the literal translation from the original Greek sounded a little bit like Yoda. Because if you had to read the literal translation from the, from the actual Greek, it, it reads like this. This let your mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus was. It sounds exactly like Yoda speaking to Skywalker, doesn't it? But the fact is, is that even if we have to listen to it in Yoda, it's clear what that scripture is saying. Let the voice that guides you, let your conscience, let your mind, let your attitude, if you want to have the kind of impact that Jesus had on the world, if you want to make a life that Jesus promised you, well, then you've got to be guided by that same mental attitude, that same conscience that Jesus had. And what was that attitude that Jesus had? Well, you see, Jesus knew exactly what the Word of God had told or spoken about him. And he was able to allow his conscience to receive the Word of God that had been spoken over his life and let his conscience speak that Word of God into his life all through his life and let, allow it to guide his life. We need to change our attitude is what that scripture is saying. If we don't want our lives to dictate where we go, but we want God's word to shape us and give us that kind of direction, we need to change our approach. We need to change our attitude and our approach to life. Far too many of us live life trying to discover what we believe. Instead of listening to our conscience to hear what we should believe and then adjusting our lives accordingly. We try and find our way. We muddle through life. We, we kind of allow things to shape us this way and that way and sway us all which way. Until such time as we like the grass that blows this way and that way of Isaiah 40. And we just never really seem to get anywhere. We never really seem to have a purpose. We never really seem to get up in the morning and go, this is why I've been put on the face of this planet. This is my reason. This is my cause. You see, we don't allow the God's word to speak through our conscience and guide us towards the eternal promise that he has written in Scripture. All Jesus did was he walked the planet living out the word of God that was being spoken through his conscience, spoken through the inner man into being. And when we allow other things, when we allow friends, when we allow habits to detract us from the word of God, we lose all voice. We lose all purpose. We lose the concept of what God's promise means in our lives. 
And slowly but surely, when we reduce the voice of our conscience that's been trained by God's word, attitudes creep into our lives. Yes, I'm talking about the attitude of laziness, the attitude of greed, the attitude of a lack of self-worth, selfishness, lack of purpose, no reason to carry on, not good enough, guilt, shame, condemnation. All of those attitudes will slowly but surely start creeping into your life. And those kinds of attitude are the breeding ground for bad habits. When you get lazy, when you get selfish, when you get self-oriented, when you get depressed, you start doing things to try and pick yourself up just a little bit. And very soon those pick-me-ups become habits which put you down and weigh you down. You see, when we allow attitudes to slowly but surely come into our lives that are not based on the Word of God, that are not based on the attitude of Jesus, we'll find that those bad attitudes very quickly crowd out the good Word of God in our conscience, and slowly but surely those bad attitudes become bad habits. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. When you're feeling down about yourself, we have to speak others down, and gossip becomes your habit. When you're feeling lazy or not worth something or you don't want to do anything, well, eating can become a bad habit. And slowly but surely, our approach to life, when not guided by the God-oriented conscience, will slowly but surely allow attitudes to dictate our habits. Good habits come from a good attitude. Good habits come from having the mind of, the attitude of Jesus Christ. Bad habits come from when we approach life with the bad or the wrong kind of attitude. Wake up every morning and tell yourself that you can't do it, and you will eventually get into habits which demonstrate that you feel like you can't do it. Wake up every morning thinking to yourself that you're worth nothing. You will find that you will get into habitual behavior that actually makes the whole situation worse. It demonstrates that you don't think very highly of yourself. You, you might get into abusive relationships. You might get into abusive behavior. In fact, some teenagers and even adults find themselves when they have no vent for their bad attitudes, their angers, their bad spirits, they cut themselves because they want to feel something. They want to feel the pain. They want to vent what's on the inside of them. Approach life thinking like you're not good enough and watch the bad habits creep into your life. They will reflect how you feel about yourself. And your conscience is the voice in your life that guides you towards how God feels about you through His wonderful promises. If we live life like we, what, how we feel about ourselves, we will very quickly start living life like Adam and Eve. They lived by how they felt and ended up hiding behind a bush in shame. Bad habits very quickly crept into their lives. And you see, we need to be reflecting what God's Word is speaking into our lives, the promises of God into our lives, not the bad attitudes and the mindsets of the world. Romans 8 and verse 6 sums it up beautifully. It says this, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting your sinful thoughts 
control your mind, it will lead to death. Ever had that thought of, I wish I could just rather die? Ever had that thought that maybe I should just take my life? You've allowed the attitudes of, of your selfishness, of your self, self-oriented thought process, you've allowed that to crowd out the purpose of God's promise in your life. Don't allow your attitudes to ever crowd out the destiny that God has promised you. Because you will very quickly find that because of that crowding out of God's word through throttling back on your conscience, you're going to find that those attitudes creep in. And quite frankly, you're going to feel dead even though you're walking around and you are alive. You're going to feel dead inside. But here's the solution. But letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to a life of peace. When you allow the Holy Spirit, when you allow the Word of God, when you allow all that He is to shape that voice, to give His Word voice in your life through your conscience, well then you're going to find life and peace. Despite the past, despite the issues that you've had to go through, no, He's making you new. It's called a clean conscience. He's cleaning you. He's washing you. He's making you a brand new voice. He's giving you a completely new attitude. He's changing what the past has done to you, and He's lifting your face towards the future, towards what you can achieve, towards what He still needs to get done in your life, towards the people that you're going to impose His beautiful joy and love and peace upon because of who you are and because of who you're becoming. He's pushing you forward. Behind lies all of the issue and the circumstance which could have changed your attitude. It could have made you selfish. It could have made you feel like you didn't think anything of yourself. No, he's giving you a clean conscience, a new voice. He's giving you the attitude of Christ that you can pick yourself up. You can move forward and you will achieve all things in his name. This is the promise that is shattered out on the inside of you if you will let God's word speak in your life. He's giving you a brand new conscience. He's giving you a brand new attitude. And because of that brand new conscience, the new voice in your life, he's giving you a brand new attitude because that attitude is now listening to the good voice in your life. And because he's giving you a brand new voice, brand new attitude, hey, he's giving you brand new habits. You're going to want to walk in love. You're going to want to walk in peace. You're going to want to have a smile on your dial. You're going to want to share the joy with others. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. You might be thinking to yourself, Craig, I have been addicted to this drug for 20 years. I have a habit of drinking alcohol every day, and I've had that for 30 years. I want to say to you today that you do that because you think that you're not good enough. You do that because you think you need to pick me up. You do that because you'd rather hide who you really are than step forward and become who you could become in Jesus Christ. You do that because, quite frankly, you don't think that you're worth anything more. I want to say to you today, look at me square in the eye and say, you don't need to change your habits. You need to change who you listen to. You need to listen to the Word of God because the Word of God will change your attitude. And when you change your attitude, you'll be able to change your habit. 
Don't try and just change the habit. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. And before you know it, you've done it three million times again. You've done it over and over and over again because you've tried to stand on your own will, on your own attitude, on your own mindset. God's saying, will you just be quiet and listen to the voice on the inside of you? Listen to what I've placed on the inside of you. Look at the greatness of what I see in you. And when you look at the greatness of what I can see in you, your attitude towards life will change and your habits will follow suit. You can't listen to the Spirit of God and not change. It's physically impossible to read the Word of God, the powerful, alive Word of God, and let that speak from the inside of you through your conscience and not change your habits. You can quit that alcoholic tendency. You can put that drug down. You can change your abusive behavior because all you need to do is look towards the Word of God that's already been placed on the inside of you. The incredible thing about God's Word on the inside of you is, quite frankly, that it's already there. It was placed inside of you when God made you. Whether or not you know your Bible, have a Bible, have ever read a Bible, God's promise is on the inside of you. If you will just listen, change your attitude, you can kick that habit. You can change the way you behave. You no longer have to be that abusive person. You no longer have to cuss like that. You no longer have to drink like that. You can now start walking in the wonderful life of peace and love that God has always intended for you. Anyone who belongs to Jesus Christ, and you know what? Whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, you belong to him because he made you. God made you. You belong to Jesus Christ. Anyone who puts up their hand and says, yes, I acknowledge that I was made by Jesus. I was made by God. I was formed by the Holy Spirit. All three working on the inside and on the outside of me. I am belonging to Jesus. If you just put up your hand and admit that today, your attitude's already starting to change. Your attitude's already starting to shape your new habits. Anyone who belongs to Jesus Christ has become a new person. Having the mind of Christ... Having this attitude change to change our habits means that, quite frankly, we have to put down our own will and our own ego. Oh, I think you know what I'm talking about. You see, you're probably in an abusive habit because you actually do it because you think you deserve it. Whether it's good or bad, you think you deserve it. You're actually stroking your own ego, you're actually walking in your own pride. You're actually walking in selfishness. Anybody who can drink or take in a drug that causes them to be abusive to others is walking in selfishness. Anybody that is trapped by a bad habit that is causing hurt and pain rather than the love of God flowing through them is quite frankly selfish. If you are trapped in sexual immorality and sexual addictions to the ruination of your family, your friends, and your relationship, you're only thinking about yourself. And so when it comes to breaking this attitude, which can break your habits, if I'm going to have the attitude of Jesus, I've got to put down my selfishness. I've got to let my conscience tell me to take a step back. I've got to let my conscience tell me, humble yourselves and God will make you great. Oh, but Craig, I'm so lowly. I've got nothing. I, I just have to drink because I need to pick myself. Well, you're thinking about yourself. 
You're thinking about yourself and you need to put down your selfishness and understand that God wants you to put him in place of you. As John the Baptist said, more of Jesus and less of me. More of Jesus' way of thinking and less of me. We have to think differently, to live differently. Our old selfish self must go and it must become about what Jesus wants through us and for us not about what we can get out of it all. I read the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1 to 2. Remember last week I said that maybe we should read that together during the week. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1 to 2 puts it like this. And I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Since God has so generously let us in on what He is doing, we are not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into some occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. The truth will set you free. Out in the open. The whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. If we're walking in our own selfish attitude, we will manipulate, twist, turn, duck, dive, and even hide that bottle in the bottom drawer so no one can find it because they want you, to, you want them to believe that you're something that you're not. You're going to hide, manipulate, shift, and move. When you're caught in bad habits, lying and cheating are part of the deal. When you're caught in bad habits, sadly, manipulating and maneuvering, even using God's word for your own benefit. How many times have I heard and spoken to alcoholics or, or addicts that say to me, you know what, pastor, I can quit any time I like. Well, then why don't you? Because you don't want to. And then somebody will come to me and say, oh, no, pastor, I, I don't do it anymore. And I find that that's been just a lie but actually behind the scenes, they, they've been manipulating and making people believe what they want to so they can get money for their addiction, get money for their bad habit. When you have a bad habit, people will not look at you and think trust. They will think that you're maneuvering and putting on masks, putting on a different face for different people. Hey, I've even been in the habit of putting on a church face so that people couldn't see my hurt and my pain. That's bad habits. I'm lying and I'm cheating to the people that want to love me. You see, we need to understand that when we are in the presence of God, in other words, we're allowing our conscience to speak the word of God to us and through us, others will look at us and go, he's changing. Something's different about that person. She's put those habits down. She's not the same person that she was two days ago. You see, that's the wonderful thing about changing and changing our attitude is we can change our attitude today and we can see a marked increase tomorrow. We can see a difference in our demeanor. When we get up in the morning, we walk differently. People even look at our faces and say, what are you doing? You look so much better. Our whole demeanor changes when we haven't got this threat of an abusive habit hanging over us because it's based on this threat of an abusive attitude. No, we have the voice of God speaking loudly through our conscience, declaring promise after promise after promise into our lives, and we know that we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. 
What's it going to take to kick that habit? What's it going to take to listen to your conscience? Well, last week I went quite quickly through some of the areas of your life where you may need to change your attitude. And I thought it would be really good for us to take a look now with this concept of changing our attitude to change our habits by listening to the voice of God. If we can put that in our minds, we can start to see what areas we may need to change our attitude. It comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11 to 12. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers. Here it goes. Paul now says to Timothy, where do I need to be an example? Where do I need to have the Word of God shouting out in my life to such an extent that other people can see? Where are the areas I need to focus and change my attitude? Have a look. It says to us, be an example to others in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Let's have a look what that means to change our attitudes in those areas. Firstly, it says to us that we need to change our attitude in word. You know what, Mr. Pride attitude? You don't have to be the loudest at the party. You don't have to be the one that cusses every third word. You don't have to be the one that speaks others down so you can feel up. You don't have to be the one that constantly knows all the news about the people around you and is not scared to shoot your mouth off. You don't have to be the one that has to hold your mouth closed all the time because you don't think you're good enough. You have a voice and you should use it, but use it in conjunction with your God-trained conscience. You don't have to be timid and never say a word, but you don't have to be bold and say everything all the time. God can give you your voice with your purpose and with your promise. He can give you the words to say when you think that you don't have anything to say. He can give you a voice in the face of abuse. He can give you the words to stand up, encourage, exhort, and to even change an entire situation if you'll listen to the promises of God through your conscience. You see, the voice of God is alive and well on the inside of you. Why don't you listen to that voice and allow that voice to change your words? I wouldn't even stand in front of a president of a country and cuss. Why would I stand in the presence of God and use foul language? It's because it's a habit. It's because I think that's what I have to do to be heard. No one will listen to me unless I'm using foul language. No one has to listen to you. You need to start listening to the voice of God in your life. Nobody has to pay you attention. You need to pay attention to what God's word and what his mouth is saying in your life. No one needs to hear you. You need to hear God. And watch how many people will want to hear you when you are speaking God's word into their lives. The second area that that scripture says we need to adapt our habits is in conduct. In conduct. How we behave. That will change too. You know what? When we look around at some people's lives, we look at them and go, man, they've made the wrong decisions. They've done the wrong thing. They always 
cussing and swearing and partying and making a big noise about their lives or, you know what, that person is just so timid, we don't even know that they're in the room. Your conduct will change. Who you hang out with will change. What you need to do with your money will change. Everything about how you conduct your life will change. You should be willing to want to change the conduct of your life. Because quite frankly, I can tell you, if you've got a bad habit based on a bad attitude dominating your life, you're not happy with your current situation and how your life is turning out. So if you want to change your attitude, change your attitude towards how you live your life, how you conduct your life. Check yourself. Just like a conductor checks passenger tickets along the way, as you journey through life, check whether or not you're on the right train. Check whether or not you're going in the right direction. Check who you're running with. Check what kind of job you've got. Check what kind of jokes you're telling. Check, check, check. Conduct your life properly. Guard your life. Allow the conscience to be your guide in how you conduct yourself and how you behave. The next thing in that scripture, it says, in love. And this comes down to how we treat others. Oh, but Craig, no one knows about my secret addiction. Oh, yes, people do. They might not know what that bad habit is, but they can see that they get the brunt of your attitude when the guilt comes through and you're short and, you, and you're snapping at them and you're speaking to them badly because you're feeling bad about yourself. Oh, they might not know of the habit, but they can definitely see the consequences of the bad habits and the bad attitude coming out in your life. Oh, but Craig, it's a private fault. Yeah, it might be a private fault, but a bad attitude will always have a public manifestation. Can I say that again? Your habit might be private, but your attitude is always public. You see, how we treat others in love is what really will show that Jesus is alive and well in our lives, even our enemies. You see, we might have the habit of unforgiveness towards our abusive father. Well, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. Love those who you struggle to forgive. Put down the attitude of unforgiveness, hurt, and resentment, and take on my attitude of forgiveness and watch your habits change. You might have been abused by your father, and because of that, you have a bad attitude, and as a result of that resentful attitude, that hurt attitude, there's anger in your life. That attitude of anger is producing different habits in you, which are just as abusive as the habits that caused you to have that bad attitude in the first place. Jesus is saying you cannot allow other people's bad habits to change your attitude, because if you allow other people's bad habits to change your attitude, you're going to have just as bad attitudes towards those around you. And so what you need to do is you need to have the mind of Jesus Christ change your attitude so that you can break the chain of bad habits in your life. You have to accept that the one way that we can genuinely work towards getting into better habits is to serve and love others. When you're feeling down about yourself, why not find somewhere where you can go and help someone else? And watch how God builds you up through your service of others. The next area that it says we need to check our attitudes is in spirit. What is in our hearts? Is it attitudes 
of bitterness, strife, envy, jealousy. Maybe you've got that terrible attitude of just being plain grumpy. Well, you know what? God is not a grumpy God. God is not a God of strife and jealousy and anger and hurt. And you might be saying, but Craig, you don't know what's happened to me in my life. No, I don't know what's happened to you in your life, but I know what God has in store for you for your rest of your life. God wants you to know that on the inside of your hearts, there is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mildness, and self-control. Against all of these things, God says, you cannot argue. Wow. I cannot argue that I have love in myself. You can't argue because God made you and God has all of those things in him and so therefore they are in you. You can be as grumpy as you like. On the inside of you is goodness, is a future with a promise, with power, with might, with sound mind, with love, with changing the world. You have all of those things on the inside of you. That's already on the inside of you. You just need to let your conscience help you get them out. Because you see, if you allow bitterness, envy, and strife to be in your heart, those things will never come out in the form of good habits. The love will never be manifest to others. Long-suffering and kindness will never be displayed. Anger, bitterness, and poor attitude will always develop poor habits. The next area that it says that we need to change our attitude is in faith. That scripture says we need to have a confidence in Jesus. Faith, to me, is a confidence in the Word of God. When the Word of God says to me, you are healed, I don't walk around complaining that I'm not healed. When the Word of God says to me that if you run your finances according to my Word, you will prosper, I don't walk around blaming God for not having anything. Do you see what I mean? The whole approach, the whole attitude needs to change. When the Word of God says you need to believe and have complete confidence in that Word, uh, it's not about whether or not God can prove His Word to you. No, no, His Word is truth. We need to prove ourselves equipped to handle that Word. God doesn't have to walk around and saying, look, look, you see, I told you. Look, 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 I see, I told you. Look, 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 you see, I told you. No, what God has already spoken has already come to be. It is already truth. I cannot change that. The only thing I can do is change how I believe that word and watch it change the habits of my life. When God's word says you can overcome and that you can conquer, when God's word says that you can shape a whole new life, don't sit back on your lazy boy's sofa and say, not for me. No, stand up and say, God's word is for me and I will believe in it and my whole household would rather die than doubt God's word. You see, we have so little confidence in ourselves and as a result have so little confidence in God's word. Build up your confidence in yourself. Have some faith in yourself by having some confidence and faith not in yourself but in God's word and God's promise that your conscience is speaking out to you loud and clear about. Finally, that scripture says you need to change your way you think and you have to look at your purity. Now, purity isn't about keeping yourself until your wedding night. 
Many people think purity is just about, you know, am I chaste? Am I pure? When I walk past, is there this holy aura that walks around me? No, no, no. The scripture here is just saying, hey, make some good lifestyle choices. Don't, don't move into a neighborhood as a recovering alcoholic amongst other alcoholics. That's a bad lifestyle choice. Don't try and change your sexuality apart from what God has already spoken over your sexuality. That's a bad lifestyle choice. That's an, a choice made on a bad attitude. It's going, to, it's going to produce bad habits. It's not going to produce love, joy, and peace. Don't try and change a lifestyle apart from anything that God is telling you to do. God is speaking to you. God will help you make lifestyle choices. God will help you stand, even though you've had a terrible life, even though you've made some terrible decisions, even though you've done some terrible things, even though people look at you and go, wow, is he still, is he, what is he up to? I mean, wow, that, that guy's just a mess. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, God's word spoken by Yoda or spoken by God himself through the Bible, it makes sense. If we can change our attitude based on who we listen to, we listen to Jesus, we can change our attitude. If we listen to Jesus and change our attitude, we can change our habits. We can change them in purity. We can change them in faith. We can change them in spirit. We can change them in love. We can change them in conduct. And we can change in word. We can change and we will change if we allow our conscience to speak the word of God into our lives and we make it a habit of being obedient to what our God-trained conscience speaks to us. This is a communion service, so we're going to say a prayer just to conclude that message and make sure that whatever's been spoken today seats in the inside of you and you begin to reason. You begin to think through what God has spoken to you today. Be sure to click on the notes tab and read some of those scriptures for yourself. Take them in. Make them a, a process of changing your attitude so that you can begin changing your habits. Make sure your behavior starts to change because your ear is now oriented towards your God-trained conscience. Let's pray that into being, and then we're going to enjoy communion together, and then we can say farewell, and uh, we can go about our different ways. So Father, we just thank you so much that you speak to us so practically. You speak to us so in such a real and genuine way. We love you, Father God, and we thank you for every promise that you've ever spoken into being. We receive them, and we have confidence in them. Will you check our words? Will you check our conduct? Will you check how we treat others? Will you check what's on the inside of our hearts? Will you check how we think through our lifestyle choices? Will you think on all of these things with us, please, Father, and allow our conscience to be your mouthpiece? We wish to hear your word, not the word of our own attitudes. Father, thank you for changing us today. We can expect good results because we have turned our attention to a good word. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you're joining us for the first time and you're thinking to yourself, how do they do communion online? How do they do this thing? Or maybe you've never done communion and this is your first time that you're actually thinking, well, what is communion? Communion is simply two symbols that we have to represent that we really believe that what Jesus did for us meant something. The first is a, a piece of bread or a cracker or a biscuit or a piece of gum, something that you can eat on. 
Because Jesus really wants you to chew on everything He says. He really wants you to understand that His body really came to the planet. It really changed the way people thought and think about having a relationship with God. And all you're doing today is you're saying, yes, I know that Jesus was real and that His body was broken. And on the third day, He was resurrected to change my world. I want Jesus on the inside of me. Now, that sounds like a crazy phrase, but you know what it's like. When you hang around somebody long enough, you start talking like them. I've got people around here at the ministry that, that as I'm talking, they're trying to sound like a South African. They're, they're trying to sound like, like me. They, they start saying words like I do. Hang around with me long enough and you'll start finding that you start speaking like me. You almost kind of have the voice of Craig that's sounding South African on the inside of your head and you can't get it out of your head, right? Well, by taking in Jesus' body, you're saying that Jesus is on the inside of your head. You're going to start speaking like Him. You're going to start acting like Him. You take and acknowledge that you want to be like Him because the how He is is not only going to make you into a better person, it's going to give you a better life for others around you. So take, eat, and know that you don't have to speak like a South African. That you can just have the voice of Jesus on the inside of you. Jesus' body that was broken for you. Whether you've got a cup of coffee or a glass of water, whether you've got a little cup of juice, whatever it is, the second symbol that we have and that we celebrate is Jesus' blood. It was real. He really died for you. His covenant is genuine. And because of his blood, because he was willing to die and take on all the dirt of your life, you can stand before him today and have a clear and clean conscience. You can be clean, no matter your past, no matter your issues, no matter all the dirt that's been there, Jesus washes it away. And we say he washes it away with his blood. It's not some sick expression that we use. No, he washed it away by shedding his blood. By, by allowing man to take his life. But when he took that on, when he took man's abuse, sin, and degradation on, he took all of your dirt on too. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to receive his blood that was shed for you. Father, we receive these symbols now. We thank you for them. We thank you that Jesus came, gave up his life, and was willing to take on our sins, our bad habits, so that we could have a fresh attitude, fresh habits, and a brand new life. Father, we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you've never ever thought about Jesus in this kind of way before, if you ever have ever felt that, hey, you know, I'm just kind of up to my own devices. I have to work things out for myself. I have to try and change my habits. I have to change, try and change my life one step at a time by myself. You're going to have a marked change in your life for the better if you're willing to accept Jesus Christ as the habit changer, as the person that can genuinely change your life. You see, your conscience can speak out to you as regards what you should or should not be doing. But ultimately, the only person that can genuinely change the trajectory of your life is Jesus Christ. You might have been trying to change that trajectory for years, and it's become futile. You make some changes, you put some habits down, you pick up some good new habits, but then three months later, you find yourself in a different grind again. 
Well, Jesus is the only one who can genuinely be your habits changer. If you'd like to receive Jesus into your life today, as I've just explained, get him on the inside of you so that goodness speaks to you, that love is what is on the, on the inside of you, that joy is the voice that wakes you up in the morning and not depression. If that is what you want, that is what it means to have Jesus on the inside of you. You have all of his goodness, all of his wisdom, all of his love speaking on the inside of you. It's not something that somebody can teach you 10 steps to becoming a better person. No, Jesus will genuinely change your attitude and your outlook to life. It's not going to be 10 steps that you're going to have to do to prove that you're with Jesus. No, Jesus is going to slowly but surely take you through your steps to improve your life. If you'll receive him today. So if you've been struggling with some habits and you've never really accepted Jesus as your habit changer, I'd love for you right now to click on the link in the chat room or click on that banner below and say, yes, I need some habits changed for the good in my life. Once and for all, I need something other than what I've been doing up until now. That something other is Jesus. And we want to celebrate with you. We want to send you some material. We want to help you hear the voice of God and hear the voice of Jesus on the inside of you. We want you to prosper, we want you to thrive, and we want you to have the kind of promises that God has in store for you. Here's the thing, so does God. He really wants you to accept Jesus because then he can step in and start changing your habits. So why not go ahead right now and click on that banner. We're not going to ask anything from you other than perhaps an email address so we can send some information to you. But we just want you to know that we are right here ready to help you walk through that decision. And even if you are with Jesus, even if you accepted Jesus a long time ago, but you'd really like to kick some habits, that banner is for you too. Click on that banner and say, I need some more of Jesus to change my attitude. I need a, a little bit of a tweak. I need a help, some help with something. I need to voice something that's bugging me. Just let us have a brief description of how we can pray for you and what we can help you with. And we'd love to hear from you. Click on that banner as well. That's not just for new, for first-time Christians. No, that's for you too if you're struggling in applying Jesus' mindset to your current situation. We'd love to be with you and journey with you. Well, we just celebrate all of those people that clicked on those links and banners around the platform today. We love you and we'll be in contact with you to help you on your journey. Thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online today. We really have had a good time with you. Thank you so much for coming along and spending some time with us. We look forward to seeing you again very soon here at Victory Life Church Online.